host, Christina Singh, and I am so excited that you're here with me today. This is the season finale of season one in 2021. A lot of ones in that statement, but I am, I honestly can't believe we're at the season finale of the first season out of three seasons this year, and I am so excited for today's episode. But first and foremost, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your support of this show this year so far. You all have been absolutely amazing. It's been so incredible connecting with new people through this show and seeing my dream come to life. I was listening to this episode as I was editing and I was just reflecting and I posted about posted about this on my Instagram, but I was just reflecting on how I almost gave up on this show and how I almost gave up on this dream because I was scared. I was really scared about what people would think of me about doing the work and putting in the work and uh, I was really insecure who am I to be starting a show or to have these big dreams around what I want to do with this show and and what I want to do with this platform Uh, but I realized and we talked about this in the episode with Madeline Pratt I realized you know I have to pursue this and this is so important to me this is my passion. This is my purpose. Shining a light on women's voices and stories is why I'm here. And connecting with other women is just so powerful for me. It makes me feel the best. (laughs) And I'm so excited to build upon that and keep growing um, throughout the rest of this year. But Let's talk about this week's episode because we're going out with a bang. Y'all, today's episode is so good. I was editing it and I had to pause so many times to write down quotes because today's guest is Jen Gittimer. Um, If you're not familiar with Jennifer Gittimer, she is a powerhouse. She is a phenomenal woman and really just such a powerful person. Um, she has come up on this show before, and we mentioned that at the top of the show. And uh, she is all about sales, but even more so, what has really come out of her work and 
her time in uh, sales and teaching other people how to sell um, is really she's all about empowering women and empowering women in their businesses to break through those barriers to create a life that they're meant to create and ask for that. So this episode really uh, showcases her journey and showcases her journey uh, as she's pivoted into a new chapter over the last year. I'm really thrilled to have had her on the show and to talk to her more. She and I met through networking. Um, A lot of my guests on the show I've met through networking, but it is just so powerful and she's come up as a female ally on the show before. So it was really such a beautiful full circle moment having this conversation with her. And before we dive in, I want to offer an opportunity for you all. If you are listening to this and you are an entrepreneur or you're, um, you know, a business leader, a leader in your community, and you're looking to connect with other people, I want to invite you to join uh, my networking group. Please, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, You can reach out to me via my Instagram at growingwomanpod, um, or you can reach out to me via email on grownwomanpodcast at gmail.com. I would absolutely love to have you join me for a networking meeting. We meet every Tuesday on Zoom. And honestly, it has been one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had in my life, connecting with people uh, consistently and helping to grow my business, my dreams, and helping other people grow and foster relationships with others and really making sure that other people feel valued and that you're bringing a service to others. And I know that is totally what Jen is all about. So I'm thrilled to have had her on the show. I'm so excited for you to jump in. Um, Before we do, again, I just want to say thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Your story matters, your voice matters. And as we end this season of the show, um, I'm not going to get emotional, but (laughs) I am just so grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this show and uh, we will be back. I will be back on June 1st with season two. In the meantime, I'll upload some clips from past episodes and I will be launching a bunch of videos on the uh, Growing Woman podcast YouTube page. So if you have not followed us on YouTube, please make sure to go do that. Follow me on Instagram at Growing Woman Pod and I will be posting regularly on there. But for now, enjoy this beautiful episode with Jen Gittimer and don't forget to ask for what you want in this life. It is so worth it. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Hi, Jen. How are you? Hi, I am great. Thank you you? so much. I'm great. Thank you so much for being on the Growing Woman podcast. I am so thrilled to have you here and so thrilled to dive into your story and um, your journey. So thank you so much for being here. Um, And where are you right now? Because for (laughs) me looking at you, it looks just absolutely beautiful where you are. So I just want to (laughs) know. Thank you. So 
I, okay, so for those of you who are listening and I can't see me, I have these palm trees behind me that many people think is a virtual background, but like when I move, <laughs> I actually move because it's real. It's real life. I'm right outside of Charleston in the Isle of Palms, Amazing. South Carolina, where life seems to be like a vacation every single day. I love it. I'm obsessed. Um, so if you do not follow Jen Gittimer on social media, you have to first and foremost. Uh, but she was always posting online about her um, walks on the beach and sunsets and going to explore things. And it's absolutely wonderful and beautiful. And I'm just so happy for you in this kind of next chapter of your life. But I, wanna, I wanted to talk to you because we met when you were living in New York City. And we met through networking and you have come up on this show before, um, with uh, Tracy Levy, when we were interviewing her, um, for kale with a side of fries and, and talking to her about her journey. And we were talking about female allyship. So you have come up before as a strong female ally for Tracy. And I wanted to dive into your journey and, um, you know, how you became this big ally for people, because I know this has come up over and over for you in your career. Um, And one moment that I had with you in particular that I just wanted to like dive into right away was a moment where I was um, asked by you if I wanted to join said networking group that I was visiting at the time. And I remember I had visited a couple of times and you turned to me and you said, so do you want to apply? And I remember (laughs) being taken aback and being like, whoa, okay. um, Yeah. And what you do, Jen, is you teach sales and you have for quite some time. And uh, I wanted to highlight the beauty of the ask. So where did you learn how to ask people these uh, very upfront and to the point questions? And how did that transform into what you do for a living? (laughs) It's so funny because as you're saying that, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm sure I said that. I'm sure I asked that, but I don't, and I, and I remember having a conversation with you about joining. It's so interesting though, for me to hear that it came from that ask because everything starts with that in sales. And sometimes now I do it so naturally that I don't even realize it's, it, it doesn't feel like selling. That's what I'm trying to say, you know, and, and if, if a lot of people don't like the word sales or selling because it makes them feel uncomfortable and like they think it automatically has this bad meaning where you're going to be manipulative or sleazy or icky or whatever. And the truth is, it doesn't have to be. And in reality, it shouldn't be. And it's so simple when you believe, and, and, and this is the alignment factor that's so necessary. When you believe in your heart of hearts that the ask, AKA the sale would, would help the person you're speaking with. It then becomes selfish not to ask. Right. Because what that means is you're thinking about yourself and what that impact might have on you. And what if they say, no, that's about you. And what if they don't, you know, what if they, what, all the what ifs, those are usually selfish what ifs because they're about you rather than thinking, oh, I believe Christina is going to be better off joining this networking group. I see the potential in it for her. I see the power in it for her. She's already making great connections. Everyone loves her. There's a real reason for her to join. Why don't I just ask? 
Yeah. You know? And so I, I joke around that I learned the power of asking when I was five, right in time for the holidays. (laughs) (laughs) And once my parents taught me, if you don't ask, you don't get, it was all over for them. Oh gosh. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) but it's the truth. If you don't ask, you don't get. And so, so just, yeah, ask. And just to go back to what you said, and then I'll let you jump back in, but what you said about Tracy and the female ally, I just want to acknowledge that and say, thank you. Um, because that really means a lot to me and it, it, touched me in the heart. So I just oh, wanted to make sure to acknowledge it. <laughs> yes. We talk about female allyship on this show every single episode, because it really is so important, um, to just reach out to somebody like you're saying you want, uh, and it comes from a genuine place, like you were saying as well. I know I've had those moments and you may not know this, um, you know, when you asked me to join the group, I was not happy in my role at work. I wasn't um, feeling like I was fulfilled. And the month I joined our networking group was the month I started interviewing for another position. And Whoa. The, since I've joined this networking group, you were the president of this networking group. I am now the president of this networking group. It is just absolutely nuts. Um, the oh my God, that makes me so happy. Yeah, it, it's really wild. And the evolution of um, just a simple ask can change someone's life. And, yep. um, you know, I know that having an ally in a network of women has changed my life. Many of them have come from this particular networking group as well, but I would love to hear, you know, what is your story? How did you start your business and how have you started several businesses since then? Um, Where did this all evolve from? Yeah. So ever since I was five and I, I'm sure there's no coincidence that that's around when I learned you need to ask. Yeah. Um, I, and people would say like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, you know, I had friends who were like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor, a lawyer, a nurse, a this, a that, a firefighter or whatever. Right. <laughs> My response was always, I'm going to own a business mm. every single time. And it ta- and then I remember adults being surprised by that answer. Cause I don't think back in that day, like maybe now it's a more common answer, but back in that, in my day, it wasn't. And the adults would be like, oh, really? What kind of business? I'm like, I don't know. Oh, are you going to own the same business as your parents? No, that's boring. They do, they print books. I don't want to print books. That's boring. (laughs) But what I didn't realize was, although I was adamant about not going into book printing, um, what I, what I didn't realize was how much I was learning from my parents who did own a business and how fortunate I was to sit at the kitchen table with them growing up, hearing their business conversations, have to hire someone, have to fire someone, you know, lost a customer, got a new customer. Here's how we got this. All the things that they would talk about and debrief with each other every single night. I was like getting a real world MBA in the making, you know? And so it, 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 kind of became part of my DNA and it was a no brainer. The only question was what business? Right. And I had been selling my whole life and I had a really secure, cushy sales job at, um, at a company that sold to News Corp. And we grew from 150 people to 1500 people overnight, at which point still in my twenties, my responsibilities grew way above my head way. Like I was making decisions that were impacting the stock price. And I had no idea that like 
that I was even, that I had that much power, if that makes oh, wow. any sense. Yeah. And so, but I just, it wasn't for me. Like it be, it, there, there was a lot of red tape. It was just time for me to go, you know, when you're at a company and you have that feeling like this is not working anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, after six years of being there, the last year and a half was miserable for me. Like I, I would get on that train and cross, you know, the long stretch, it's like five minutes, which feels like forever when you go from Manhattan to Brooklyn and you're yep. going through the tunnel and there's no stops <laughs> and it, yes. it literally just feels like forever, but it's only five minutes. Every single morning I would think to myself, I am going to hell now. Oh my God. For a year and a half for a year. But I was scared to leave because I, it was really, it was easy. I was good at it. It was good money. And it's all I knew was working for something. Like I knew I always wanted to own my own thing, but that's scary, man. That's really scary. Like you don't make sales. You don't pay the bills, you know? And so eventually one day I quit and I started my own business and I took that leap of faith. And there's a longer version to this story, but I'm going to skip it for now. Maybe when I get invited back, but, uh, yes. <laughs> but, uh, so, so I quit, started my business and began teaching people how to sell, began teaching business owners how to make more money in their business, because that's what I know how to do. That's what I was doing at my former company, leading sales teams. Why not do it for myself where I can make more impact and, my feeling on this was, and talk about being a female ally. I didn't even realize that's what I, that was really on my heart until a couple of years into business. So I started my business in 2013 and I was just kind of helping anybody that needed my help. And that felt good. But like you said, there was something almost felt like it was missing. And it, it wasn't until the pandemic hit that I realized what am I doing? Like, I need to take a step back. Who am I serving? How am I serving them? And, you know, and I had been going all over the country giving talks and I, I, I have two dogs. I have a family. Like, yeah. I kind of want to be home. I like my home a lot. I, I like my routine. I like to wake up and play tennis. Like it wasn't a fit anymore. And neither was my audience. And that's when I really began to pivot to help female entrepreneurs, because that's what I realized was this has always been my passion. I've just never acknowledged it to myself. And it's like, I get to help that scared version of who I was when I was at that company for a year and a half. And am I allowed to curse? I don't know. Oh yeah. You can curse as much as you want. I was gonna say I was a chicken shit. Like I was like <laughs> too chicken literally to walk away because I was I was I was scared of betting on myself. Right. And I get to now help those same women who are who are betting on themselves, which is Ugh. like the coolest part of it. Literally chills. I am so excited to talk about so many things with you. So I wanna know two two things. First, when you quit your job and you started your own business, what did that first year look like for you? Like, what was that first transition? Because now you're saying you're helping people now take that leap and that jump. You're helping female entrepreneurs because you've been there and you've done it. So what did that look like? I mean, I'm sure it was scary as hell. It was. And I was in a networking group and that 
was everything to me because within that group, I was able to find someone who could help me design a website. I was able to find someone who could tell me what to do in social media. I was able to connect with people who were light years ahead of me. Hmm. Some people who I'm still connected to today, like a guy named Joseph and he, he sells, he, he helps people get loans. Okay. But I, and I wasn't looking for a loan. I didn't get a loan from him, but he met with me and he is a really like, he's an uber successful businessman that had I just cold called and said, Hey, I would love to learn about your years of experience. Would you, can I, can I uh, buy you coffee? Can I buy you lunch and pick your brain? No. Right. But because we were in this networking group together, that's the power of networking. I was able to say, Hey, can we meet and chat? And when we did, he gave me so much information that changed even my early decisions in my business, you know, to, to really focus on creating profit. And so just little things like that, you know, were, were so helpful by being in this networking group. So that's, and then I got to serve people in the group. So I got testimonials by doing that. I, I really, Without that group, I don't know how I would have built my business. It helped me. I helped them and they helped me build my business. Well, what I think you're talking about also is just the power of relationship building in general. Having the uh, space fully dedicated to building relationships is so important. And 100%. You're teaching people how to do this, but you yourself you're learning how to do this for a new business. And so I think that's so powerful. And it's different when it's a personal brand business right? versus uh, a product or whatever business, even though we take it personally, if like someone doesn't like our notebook that we made, we take it more personally when someone doesn't want our coaching, right? you know, or doesn't want our service because it's, it feels like it's, they're rejecting us, even though they might not be rejecting you at all. Yeah. And I feel like as a female entrepreneur, especially in sales, you know, when you, you were mentioning this at the top of the show, when you think about sales, people think slimy or pushy, but also there's an image of a guy wearing a suit, <laughs> trying to sell you a car, you know, yep, yep. <laughs> there's that image. And, and it is so sad that that has become the the image people get in their head when they think of selling. Yeah. How have you combated that? Like what are ways, I mean, you are an incredibly powerful woman in how you speak and how you engage with people and how you've built your businesses. I mean, you were talking about how you were traveling all over the world. How do you combat that? So first of all, everything is a sale. You're selling every day, whether you want to believe it or not, your kids are selling. If you have kids, they're selling you that they should have a candy bar before dinner. Uh, You know, like everything is some sort of um, opportunity offer and decision to say yes or no. And that's really a sale. And it's just a matter of getting your mindset right around it and being comfortable enough to know that what you offer, whatever that is, is going to impact your clients in a way that it behooves you to make that offer. You know, if you don't believe, so it really begins with belief. It begins with your attitude. Okay. And, and that, I mean, I teach this in my mindset course and all that, but it it begins with your attitude and then your belief. You have to believe that you offer the best products and services in the world in your genre, or else there's 
no point in selling them. It's like people who try to sell MLM. Uh, I think they yeah. call it direct sales now, but they try to sell like, you know, the Rodan and Fields shampoo or whatever it may be, but they've never used it themselves. Right. Well, why would I like, are, is it, you know, where's the belief? You can't have that strong unless you've seen the results yourself or have witnessed it through someone else. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, um, that's such a beautiful lesson in confidence in yourself and your abilities. And I think as women in the workplace, we often deal with imposter syndrome. So when has imposter syndrome come up for you and how have you combated that? Yeah, there's always this feeling of who am I to be doing this? There's always this feeling of well, someone else is already doing it. So why would I go do it? And 100%. Then, <laughs> I think about that all the time. And and then and then there's a decision that you get to make where you can choose to reframe those thoughts. You know, so instead of who am I to be doing this? Who am, who am I who, who am I not to be doing this? Like or you know, everyone is already doing this. Well, maybe that means there's a big market for it if ever, if people are already doing it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think in the beginning too, because my husband is a legend in the sales industry and has written 17 best-selling books on sales and all this yeah. stuff, I would compare myself to him. Like, yeah. well, who am I? Because look at what he's done, you know, even though I had been selling and teaching sales before I met him, it still became this like imposter syndrome component and There was one talk I gave where they said to me, hey, afterwards, hey, did you know we know your husband? I was like, no, I didn't know that. And they're like, our team, though, relates to your style better. And I thought, whoa, (laughs) like that to me was mind blowing because, you know, they're going to be people all day long who relate to him better. They're going to be people all day long who relate to me better. And it's just a matter of if you're a business owner, finding your people, it's not a matter of changing who you are. It's a matter of finding your people who relate to who you are. Oh, I love that so much. Just, it it is a matter of finding your people because that's so true. It's true with every relationship that you have. You have to find your person. You have to find your people. And I think that There is this moment that I've talked about before on this show where you want to see leaders that look more like you, and then you realize you have to be that leader and you have to step into that role. Uh, You just spoke earlier about how you've had this incredibly successful business and you have traveled everywhere, um, given talks, and then this pandemic helped you realize, actually, you're much more passionate about helping female entrepreneurs cross that that breakthrough moment. Yeah. Um, so what has that, where, how did you come to that process and, and what does that look like for you now? At the very beginning of the pandemic, I had just gotten back from like, I was in California when restaurants and bars were shutting down hmm. for, for a mastermind I'm in. And I flew back and quarantined myself away from my husband for 14 days. Cause I was deathly afraid I would have, bring germs home from the airplane or, you know, whatever. And who knew what this thing was at that point. And I was, so in those 14 days, I went into somewhat of a depression. I've never experienced these kind of feelings before, but I was going through just like, honestly, looking back at it now, I realized that in the moment I had no idea, but I was going down these rabbit holes, trying to figure out what's 
really going on? Is this what it, what they say it is? Like, where do I get my information? Like just all these things. And that led to a lot of self-reflection and what am I doing? Do I like what I'm doing? Do I wake up every day? Happy to be doing what I'm doing. Is it fun to travel? What if I can't travel? What happens? You know, I all just like literally yeah. every question you could ever journal on and ask yourself, I was doing quarantine, and man, myself, all this comes up. <laughs> you know, like 14 days in solitude and being <laughs> obsessively compulsively Clorox wiping every single thing you touch for fear that you could give a virus that you don't even have to yeah. someone else yeah. <laughs> will really make you question everything. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so that's when I just realized, like, I love helping women. I, I started, this is what happened. I started to look back and think about who are my favorite clients? Who did I feel the most fulfilled from after I had the opportunity to help? And the theme kept coming up that it was women business owners. And that's when I knew like, I really need to shake things up here and change my audience. And which is by the way, like starting from, it's not starting from scratch, but it sure as hell feels like it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. When you make a huge decision like that, uh, you know, that feels like starting from scratch. (laughs) And something I love that you said is that you took inventory of your favorite clients or your favorite stories. uh, I think that is so smart and super powerful for people to do. I feel like if you're listening to this right now, take inventory of your favorite moments of your work and your job and your life right now. And, And if you're feeling like you're stuck or you're having a moment of reflection. I, so how has this, um, bloomed for you. What are you doing right now? And okay. So hold on one second. Let, I'm going to answer that, but I yes. just want to add one thing that I think could be valuable when you begin to do that in your business. We're like, we're human and we don't have these silos that were the, the, these walls that like, okay, business is here. And now our life part is here. Like they kind of all blend mm-hmm. together. And so when you begin to take that inventory and you put it so eloquently, so thank you, uh, in your business, it, it rolls over into your life as well. And you could ask yourself those same questions because I was thinking at the beginning when I said like being here is like a vacation every day. And it's, it, it really is because that this is where we used to come on vacation. Wow. And so what, I realized is I got to incorporate my favorite parts of life, waking up and playing tennis, reading a book, going for a walk on the beach, being outdoors more. I mean, I'm outdoors. I'm staying, I'm outside more now than I ever was right. Being in nature. I got to incorporate all of these things because I took inventory and said, what do, what do I want more of in my life? What does that mean? I need less of. And those are the kinds of questions you can be asking yourself. Like if you want more of something, you might have to remove something else to make room to make simply to make room, you know? And so it it just spills over from business into life. So I'm sorry to interrupt your question. Oh, no problem. I just want to add that. (laughs) I mean, I think what you're talking about is also balance and the desire to have balance in your life. And that's something we can all relate to. And um, I think there is this working hard and hustling, there's nothing wrong with that. But I, th- I think there's a huge problem with burnout right now for yes. so many people yes. and not recognizing that if you're doing too much and going too hard, you're not going to be okay. You're not going to be taking right. care of yourself. 
Right, right. Need that balance. It, yeah, you do. And and it's like it's life's too short. Like if this yes. has taught us anything, like like life is too short and you got to wake up and do something you love every day as corny and cliché as it sounds, it's simply the truth. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so. I think about that all the time and you know, if you're working on something and you're like I couldn't be doing this every single day. I couldn't be like, this couldn't be my full-time job. I feel like that's a sign that you should definitely start pursuing that thing. Right. (laughs) Well, we grow up with these. Okay. This is so interesting because we grow up with these beliefs and they're beliefs that are typically shared. uh, They're not told to us. Like you need to by parents, like or guardians or whoever, like you need to believe this. They're often shown to us. And then we develop these beliefs based on what we see or what we hear. So, you know, a parent who says like, well, um, you know, that you wouldn't make money at that because that's too easy. It takes hard work to make money. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes hard work. Uh, Well, does it? Like, does every millionaire out there work their ass off? You know, Mm -hmm. or are some people who are raking in the dough, like not even work, barely working at all, you know? And so like, um, same thing is like money doesn't grow on trees. Well, Okay, so what does that tell you? That tells you that like money is limited and you can't be abundant and you can't be generous. Like it, we don't even realize that growing up with hearing these things and seeing, yeah. you know, what we've grown up with, how they impact us. And so it be it, when you start to dork out on this stuff, like I do, you <laughs> literally hear your beliefs, you write them down in journals, and then you look at them and, and you say, okay, wait, is this a real belief? Or is it like, is it, everything's a belief. So like, is this true? Is this helping me? Is this serving me? Is this something that's going to help me grow? Or is this something that like, I need to reframe? Right. It's, is it limiting or is it abundant? Like you were saying, right. Yeah. Um, I think that's so gorgeous. And I want to know how you have created abundance in this new chapter for yourself. Yeah. So, okay. So I've been just like on go mode. When you figure out what feels like totally in alignment, it energizes and excites the hell out of you to the point where like, it it doesn't even feel like hustle. It just feels fun, you know, And, and you're so inspired. And so I launched a mastermind and I have four beautiful women in that mastermind. They're amazing. And they're scaling their six figure businesses to multi six and beyond. Um, and, and I have coaching programs. I have a group coaching program now. So just yesterday I launched supercharged sales school, which is a course for coaches and service providers and course creators to go from attraction to connection, to convert into clients. And there's a backend membership with that. It's right there on the page. And so I get to help women grow their business and make more sales using my expertise. And it's just so much fun and so cool. Um, and so I can give you the URL if you want to share it with yes. everyone. Um, it's just www. I don't know why you need the three W's, but you do. Jenginnimer.com slash SSS for supercharged sales school. Beautiful. I love it. <laughs> and it's just so cool to get to impact women at this level, you know, from Um, because I've always had these higher end programs. So to go from a higher end program to be able to offer at mass scale, like a $27 product that can make a difference in people's lives is is amazing. Yeah, no, absolutely. So when you started this work and all of these beautiful things that are just blooming because you're talking about being in flow and (laughs) 
just having all of these things come naturally. How is that feeling for you, for somebody who is thinking about, you know, maybe taking a step in that direction of, you know, they have an idea, they want to make it happen, or they have a business, but they really want to take it to the next level. Um, How do you feel now that you're doing these things? Fulfilled is the like number one word that comes to mind. Honestly, fulfilled is, you know, yesterday I had a, a call with a coaching client and we talked about doing something with her discovery calls differently. And three hours later, she, te- she texted me and said, Hey, so I had a discovery call this afternoon and I did it and I'm meeting with them again tomorrow. And like, she had already put it into action and she had already seen results from the action that she took based on our call. And so for me, that just lights me up inside. You know, I had another yeah. client text me after we went through her proposal and, and, and I, we went through pricing. And one of the things that I think a lot of women struggle with is pricing at, at high ticket pricing. That's what yeah. we just call it. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, like, let me just offer it for this, for that. Now there's, for me, there is a, um, a, ma- a massive strategy going on with my $27 price. So that is an anomaly to what I usually charge. Right. But um, so I, I'm not saying like everyone should have a low ticket offer, but if you want to create cash flow in your business, and this is what I did is to create cash flow was to create these higher ticket offers because that's what brings in money quickly. And I'd rather have, you know, if you're looking to have a $10,000 a month, I'd rather have three clients paying me $3,333 than trying to get, you know, all of those $10,000 in, in $27 sales, you know, yeah. where, where are all the people going to come from? Absolutely. And so, and so that's part of the strategy that I teach, but being able, being on this coaching call with an, with another client and, and going over her pricing strategy, she gets the confidence to then increase her proposal to be a 10 K proposal has never charged 10 K for anything in her life and got the sale. Uh. And so, you know, she messaged me like, just so excited that not only did she raise her prices and feel confidence in them, but that they said yes so quickly, she wonders if she should have raised them more. And it's like, oh, this is, it just, that fuels me every single day. Yeah. That lights me up. And so it's there, it's it's the success stories that really just, you know. I can tell. Yeah. (laughs) I can tell from when you're talking that it does. And um, for, you know, for my role in what I do, I um, am approaching companies to fund charitable work. And there is always a, you know, when in the majority of people working in the nonprofit field are women and they're asking for money, they're asking for more if you're a fundraiser. But I am also surrounded by female entrepreneurs who do have a really hard time asking for more money when they're charging for their programs. It's like, we Uh, feel bad about it. Right, but you know what? A man's going in there and they don't feel bad about it at all. No, no, it's just business, there's no emotion. What are some tools that have been helpful for you or helpful for your clients in this space? So part of it is really doing an analysis on your impact. What is the impact you're making? What are the people saying who are working with you? 
reviewing that, you know, keeping a storybook of it, literally your own book, like that you keep on your coffee table that has printouts every time someone said how much you helped them, that has, you know, screenshots of every time someone, like someone posted the nicest thing about me um, last night and how I've helped her on Facebook. I've already screenshotted that, sends it to a bunch of people that I'm close with, like, look, this almost made me cry, but I'm going to put in my little book. You know, and so having that testimonial book to remind you to sell yourself on why you're worth it is so is foundational to this because that that past history of success will give you the confidence that you need to raise your prices. Now, if you're just starting out and don't have real paying customers, think about I'm sure this is not like the very first time you're helping someone else do whatever it is that you do. Like, even if you've helped people for free, like think about how you've helped them, you know, and think about, you know, I had a client who was coaching people at the gym, but not getting paid for it, but they were all coming to her every gym session for life coaching advice. And, you know, those are, those are unpaid clients. They still have testimonials, you know, to tell and and still have results. And so think about where you've helped people. Um, The other part of it is people don't value free. I hate to say it, but when we get something for free, we, if I, if I gave you my course for free and, and you're different, so that's probably a bad example, but if I gave someone, okay, I'll, I'll actually give you a real example. When I first started, I had a program called Cash Flow to CEO and I was so chicken to charge for it because I was like, what if it isn't good? What if people don't get results? I've never done this before. It's my first online course. I'll just do a beta. And so by beta, now I teach people to do paid betas, but I did a free beta. So I was like, hey, if you apply and you commit to doing this work, I'll give you my program for free mm. for the lifetime of the program. Thankfully, not for my lifetime, but for the lifetime. Of oh, the program, wow. <laughs> which I have retired since. But yeah. I gave it to like 15 or 20 people for free. And then a couple after that, a couple people bought the people who were more invested in it and got results from it were only the people who bought Mm. because they had money on the line. And so if you want to see greater impact as a byproduct, you're going to see greater income. And, and it, it, you you can't just give it away. You just can't. People don't value it. They don't invest their time into making it work. They don't do the things they need to do to take action on whatever it is you're giving them. And so now that, of course, there's anomalies right here and there, but most people don't. And so actually the more we have this perception, this belief, I think as a society is like the more expensive it is, the better it is. Now that doesn't necessarily mean it's true right? The more expensive it is, doesn't mean it's necessarily better, but there is this perception. And so when people see it's really inexpensive, they think, how good could that be? Because she's not really charging a lot of money. I love this so much because everything you're talking about is really wrapped into self-worth as well Mm -hmm. and the work around self-worth and believing in yourself, believing you can charge you know, what you're worth, believing in the value of what you're bringing to the table and having someone basically essentially being your cheerleader and saying, you can do this, you can ask for this is 
so beyond powerful um, because as you're now seeing in your work, it works. <laughs> Being an ally for, for women and um, female entrepreneurs is working for you. So who are those people for you? Um, who in your life is helping you reach that next stage and, and being your cheerleader in life? Yeah. yeah. So not only do I run a mastermind, but I'm a member of one because I truly believe in the power of them. And my coach, Jen, her name, I'm not referring to myself. Her <laughs> name is also Jen. <laughs> I have to explain that every single time. Um, my coach, Jen Casey is amazing. She is really thoughtful and she asks really good questions and um, she's just a great coach and cheerleader. And so are the girls in my mastermind, you know, we're all cheering each other on. And then, you know, I don't just ask people to invest in me without me investing in myself. So I'm getting a certification in NLP and the, the girl who teaches the program doesn't know it, but she's like a coach to me and an inspiration to me. Um, and then I'm part of a group coaching program where I've also become a coach in the program, which is really cool wow. uh, with James Wedmore. And so I have coaches that I found through the internet that um, I now partner with, I now train under and, um, and they've become a huge inspiration to me, but then also my husband, like I'm really, really fortunate to have someone on my side, on my team at all times who genuinely wants to see me succeed. And there's no ax to grind. There's no, well, if she does this well, then what will that mean about me? It's never like that. Like I can't even, because I, I know a lot of women don't have that support, especially as business owners, their husbands don't get it or don't, you know, support it or whatever. And like, I am so grateful every day that I get to wake up next to someone who not only loves me, but like is cheering me on. Yeah. That's huge. Thank you for sharing all of that. And as we yeah. wrap up, which time flew during this I know. Um, <laughs> as we, as we wrap up and, um, kind of reflect back to that initial ask and, um, you know, asking in general, uh, if someone is really afraid to step out on their own, um, speaking as somebody who has, you know, uh, started their own business, you've written a book, you've uh, pivoted to this new chapter in your life, uh, you know, those things can be scary and challenging. Um, what might be the number one thing that somebody can do from your experience to really sure. start? I don't know why we do this, but I have noticed so many people make it all or nothing. I'm going to step out of my own or I'm going to work for someone. Like you don't have to make it all or nothing. Begin. Just take the first freaking step. Take one step while someone else is paying you to step out on your own and you can have both. And yes, it might be at a little bit of a mishmash at first. It might be a little bit overwhelming at first, but you will know by taking that action, that action will create clarity and you will know exactly what you want to do, who you want to help, how you want to serve them all while being paid by someone else to do another job. And yes, it will mean doing extra work and cutting some things out of your life for a little bit. But you know what, if it's, if it's too scary, just take one step. You don't have to take 10 steps, take one. 
Oh, I love that so much. Jen, thank you so much for doing this and for being on the show. It was so wonderful to learn more about your journey and this new chapter in your life. And um, if you want to reach out to Jen, please do please reach out and, um, you know, get to know her some more and take her courses and explore um, what it means to step out on your own and, and become that leader that you're meant to be. Uh, thank yes. You again. Uh, DM me on Instagram. That's the best place to reach me at Jen Gittimer. Awesome. Thank you, Jen. Thank you.